0: You're listening to The Bunker, New York, live on Red Bull Radio.
1: Hello, you're listening to The Bunker, New York, on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasanick, and today I have a special guest, Lady Osk, who just released an EP on our label. Uh, I'm going to play some tunes for the first half hour, and then we're going to get into a live set from Lady Osk, an interview, and a DJ set. So stay tuned for all of that. And right now, we're just going to get straight into the mix. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker, New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. Been in the mix from the top of the hour. And now we're going to get into the set for my special guest, Lady Ost. She's going to play live for us and then join us for an interview and then DJ for the rest of the show. So it's all about her from this point on. And with that, we're just going to get right into her live set. You're listening to The Bunker, New York on Red Bull Radio. To Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker, New York, on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and I'm here with my special guest, Lady Osk, who just was performing live for the past half hour. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we can start a little bit. You're uh, here because you just released an EP on The Bunker last week called The Magic Square of Eight. So I guess uh, maybe if you could talk about what... Is the meaning behind this title, The Magic
2: Square of Eight? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been pretty in the the sort of Mayan cosmology uh train for a bit. And it was fixed from last year. I went to the loom for like uh a month and a half or something. But the way it happened was all kind of related to the calendar and sort of like numerology and um, I then got pretty linked into it and was reading a lot about it. And then the name Magic Square basically came up because of the calendar, the Tozulkin, which is a two, 260 day um, calendar. And all the numbers will equal uh, like 52 from the calendar. Um, it's, it's pretty neat. And so uh, the Magic Square does the same thing, but with eight or 64. And so it's all these multiples of four and eight, and et cetera. So, okay. Yeah, so pretty much I just named it after something that I've been studying a lot in, in general. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking
1: of Tulum and being in Mexico, I know you did some work with some folks or a person called Ritual Maya. Yeah, it's a group maybe? of
2: guys. And they had a huge part of like I guess why I continued to do it. Um, because like the first night that I got to Tulum, I was they did sort of this ritual of how they kill a virgin they used to like sacrifice a virgin yeah once in a while not that i think that's cool but you know <laughs> it's just like their whole performance things Their theater group right but i mean this was like in a cenote like at a you know just regular night and um they just their performance was incredible and they play instruments too and um like flutes and different kind of percussion um, and so I became close to them and I sort of everything, the way it happened, it was also synced as, you know, this whole thing with the Mayans is this like this, this synchronicity that once you tap into it, like things can very much align um, through numbers. And like my, my is 237, like that's why you kind of see it on everything um, of mine. But um, anyway, so uh, I recorded them after some time after they got used to me and like comfortable with me, um, which... I still haven't worked on it, which I feel bad, but it's just been like a lot of other stuff, which like this, you know, that I've been trying to get down. But I do have that uh, recording, which is incredible. We did our own little ceremony, to say the least. And um, it was, it, yeah, it was pretty magical. And I still, the one of the guys, uh, Julio, I just met up with him in Europe and he, uh, you know, it's just, a, again, one of those things where they just kind of put you in the right path of these things and
1: so what else is new with you? You recently moved to Vienna after you were living in New York for quite some time. So I guess maybe just speak about uh, how that's been, any special challenges it's presented or what's been great about it. Hopefully it's been great on some you, you level. No, it's <laughs> been
2: really good. I, it's you know, sadly, I just, I hit my limit with New York and in a mental and just, all that you know I have all my friends here like you know it's really hard I'm mean, gonna I keep in touch with all of you guys and stuff but it's uh, it's definitely like being isolated and uh, you just I have a lot of stuff to work on you know I've been doing a lot of synth repair stuff and as much as I would love to go back to school and to more like serious engineering stuff, I need to learn German first, which I didn't know. I thought I could just like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm here for school and it's mad cheap, you know, who cares? But it's like, no, like I need to learn German. So I have did my first course. <laughs> um, so just been doing that and just music and stuff. Tin Man uh, is my partner, Johannes. And so we both are huge nerds and we literally just like make music and are immersed by it you know the whole time and I have a really nice schedule I do like hot yoga every day and like it's a lot more healthier and a lot more I was you know it's just it's hard
1: yeah so it sounds like in Vienna you've been able to focus more you're getting more done creatively because you're feeling less distracted
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, when I was here, I was juggling after school. I was in bands, you know, which are really destructive. (laughs) You know, you're like, band practice, beers, you get wasted, you go to another bar. And then it's like, it's just a never-ending cycle of rock and roll, you know, (laughs) and it's just, and then after that, it was like, then the techno on the weekends, and it would literally never end for me. And then it was cool, you know, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, It's just a different kind of energy flow. And yes, I do have a lot more time to concentrate on music and electronics and synths and stuff like that. So I'm much happier.
1: Yeah, I feel like one of the, I mean, one of the things that's great about New York, but also one of the problems is that people live for the most part in such small spaces. That everybody's just psyched to get out of their house and not be hanging out at home. So you do have a lot of this bar crawling, nightclub crawling. Not that that doesn't exist in other places, but I feel like that culture is super strong in New York because people just don't want to be cooped up in their tiny apartments.
2: No, yeah. I mean, 100% is why, you know, it's also like the the space where you're at, how much it's inspiring you and, you know, I I feel like a lot of the times I would pick up stuff, you know, I've had gear and I've been carrying it around from when I moved from, you know, Laredo, Texas where I grew up and just traveling it back and forth. Like I took all my stuff to Mexico, really, never really used it. Like it's not really till now that I'm like really using this stuff. Like I've had this off the track for, I don't know, two, like 2016 and I'm barely using it. So <laughs> it's
1: like your first really, you have a nice feeling studio set up there?
2: Yeah, I mean, we share a studio. And so like uh, I had to work on some more tracks recently. So I just like basically had to get everything off my workbench and set up a little studio, bought some, like, monitors. Like, I just... We had to do it because he was working on stuff, I was working on stuff, so it was just like... Yeah, but... I have a plan B studio.
1: <laughs> um, and I'm seeing... You've, you've mentioned some of the stuff... I know you went to school for engineering, and I'm always seeing these pictures of you building synths or r- repairing kit. How how did you get into
2: that? Um, Well, probably... It it took a while, I guess, Uh, but in school, there was just like an analog circuitry class, and it was my favorite. I like didn't want to learn anything about MIDI. I was like, nah, screw that. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, you have to learn all of it. And so I think that um, through that, and then I just had to go, I went to like Radio Shack maybe, and I just got stuff to solder, and like kits, and I just ordered things, and I just started learning how to solder. Um, That was maybe like four years ago. Um, So, yeah, and then like building modular kits, which now there's a huge DIY community and they all want you to build it. And of course, that also leads to a lot of problems where like, I don't know what I did. How do I fix this? It's really frustrating. I've had like, you know, now they work. But before I was like, I don't know what's wrong with it and I don't know how to fix it. And that's very frustrating. So then that led to, okay, I need to study more electronics and buying books And then I um, did a course with Jeff from the Analog Lab, which um, that's where like Peter from Patchworks is, and Chris, um, these guys who are constantly repairing most of our friends' stuff. Um, So yeah, it's now really like, how can I keep adapting that? And like, I also want to learn from somebody, you know? And that's what I just don't have here. Here I would have had opportunities to like intern or not really intern, but like help out and stuff and learn from these older engineers. But I feel like I'll probably find someone at some point, you know, and right. continue to follow them.
1: But it sounds like you've gotten pretty advanced. Like, I know you fixed Johannes' one of his 303s and you're working on an organ. So, yeah, it seems like you must be getting pretty confident that you
2: yeah, I know mean, what you're <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because I was terrified of the organ, but it's really like it's a big piece of analog and it's like there's it's not like you're dealing with digital stuff so it's like full like you can it's a lot easier to test things and if you know that there's a capacitor that blew up it's like very clear that it blew up you know yeah so um yeah i'm I'm doing things that are i'm comfortable at you know but still it's like you know sometimes you get nervous to open up this 808 that's four thousand dollars you know but it's you know you just have to be really careful
1: (laughs) yeah um, going back to something you said earlier you were talking about how you're in a band and how that was for you in New York um, I know your band has a pretty exciting announcement uh, maybe you want to talk about a bit about that like what your band is and the album what's going on there
2: um, so that's uh, my band called Artefactos de dolor with um, Charles Nolan and Todd Signs. Um and it's on this label called Helico and We've been making music together since like 2015, but it wasn't really till, I don't know, like a year ago that it all kind of started happening. I had to leave Dulum back to here, to then, like it all just like, was like, boom, touring for a year. And like, it all happened kind of really quick and then the record wasn't released. So it was just a lot of like, it was more like introduction to what we were doing It's noise, it's kind of experimental more than anything. It's very related to like what CHBB and Liaison Sangerous were doing. And those bands have been really inspiring for me over the years. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's really fun. You know, I've gotten accustomed to, you know, I've learned how to work with other means of, you know, like working with tape. It's a fully analog studio. We mix everything as we're, you know, we're in the session, and it's like three of us twisting knobs and twisting machines, and you know, recording to tape, and it's all mastered. Josh Benati did it, and so it, I think it's coming out next month. I'm not quite sure. Are
1: you Are you editing things on in any way, digitally or on the tape afterwards, or is it literally just all the songs you hear on the album were recorded in oh, one take? Super
2: like one take type stuff. I mean, the mixing as you, you can layer stuff off, but a like tape is mad expensive right and like it's also like oh we got like two minutes on this tape like let's do something here and then of course you can cut and slice and like do stuff but like yeah it's really it was like a puzzle
1: <laughs> and then josh Benati is cutting cutting the record directly from the tapes
2: correct yeah okay yeah. so yeah. i
1: guess that's the whole idea there is to get that sound mm-hmm. yeah which is pretty unusual in this day and age especially for more DIY projects yeah so I think some really maybe some very high level stuff they're still recording on tape but it seems like it's mostly a thing of the past now
2: yeah for sure um I, I love the process and stuff but it's very difficult to like try to you know make tape machines it's just the maintenance is
1: yeah. Yeah. and I remember seeing some pretty hilarious video or videos of you all in the studio with your like arms crossing each other yes, as yeah. everyone's reaching for knobs and levels <laughs> yeah. to try to make it all happen yeah
2: yeah live. and it's like stop okay look, everything right like this button that button and it's it's great because it's like performing you know it's totally like aware of everything and for me uh, like this live set that I just did is so kind of stripped back but I have done it this way not because I can't play 10 machines at the same time because I love doing that at home and stuff but for the sake of uh, touring and uh, finishing my move from New York to Vienna, and really just getting comfortable with it. Yeah. And like with the singing, how I hear out in a speaker, it, it it always changes, like you know. So, it's my way of kind of like stripping it back, and then because I'm used to sort of playing back because we play back a tape in the band, and I just sing over it and I play guitar and I do all the stuff. But it's like a very like little by little, I'll be adding more stuff, chopping more things, and like.
1: Yeah, I mean, even on this pretty maybe we should talk a little bit about the setup you mm-hmm. used in the studio since everybody was just listening and not seeing what mm-hmm. uh it is pretty strip back, but it seemed at times like it was challenging to like keep the the mix going while you're doing these I mean the vocals were all completely live.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. It's mostly like leveling yourself, especially because I don't have a compressor on this uh, mixer. It's kinda of like ah! you know, you yell and it's like Ugh! and so um I, like, have another box that I left at home because I knew I could use this reverb, but uh, yeah, this LXP5 is just, like, a very vintage um, processor, and so it's kind of does its own thing once in a while, but I love its sound, and I'm, like, it's, like, my key thing um, for vocal processing, and then the Octatrack, like I said, I just started using it. And I'm, like, probably using, like, one out of... 64 things that it can do you know yeah and um and but i arranged all the songs and like did transitions and stuff prior to you know just i'm not playing it it's all being played back so all these people were like how are you playing these long samples i'm not it's just all being played back i could literally just put it on the cdj but the thing with this is that like i did experiment a little bit with like doing effects and stuff but because i have this nice mixer i can yeah. do things and equalize and whatever um, so that's just kind of the setup and I have another box that sometimes I could like uh, MIDI synchronize the effects to blah 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 but I don't have that right now
1: okay yeah mm-hmm. so this is a kind of stripped back very stripped back life set
2: yeah but as like uh, I don't know I feel like with singing and trying to project a lot and then remembering words like it's fine everybody does it and as practice comes I could all even form better but yeah, I think that it's really like the the bass is like getting the vocals to sound great and like you being super comfortable with flowing with words and stuff. So Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, would you ever consider performing your music like the Lady os music with somebody else? Like mm. perhaps you could have somebody who's like triggering electronics and doing live stuff so you could just focus on the singing or is it important to you to always be presenting it by yourself at like presenting your own material by yourself?
2: Um, well, I mean, I love collaborations. I think it would have to be someone who uh, would want to add something to it as well, uh, for the most part, for the sake of traveling by myself and like being able to like do my own thing, because as I've found out, like being in a band is very difficult, you know, in the sense of like you have to carry a lot of stuff and so I'm not really sure about that, you know. I think this is definitely just going to keep growing into where I can, you know, make it my own forever.
1: Yeah, I mean, traveling, <laughs> traveling with multiple people is always, it becomes a very, maybe something that not a lot of people kind of not in the business understand, is that bringing these acts, especially in electronic music, to a party where it involves several flights and possibly several hotel rooms, like mm-hmm. it just becomes really... Nearly impossible financially to make those things work on kind of especially on the scale that we're all working on. Totally. Um, another thing that I saw that happened this summer that seemed really cool that I thought people might be interested in hearing about you—you um, you went and met Ilpo from Panasonic. You were at his house. Yes. Um, how did that come about, and what was that like?
2: Um. Well. I don't I don't really know what to expect you know because I just it was like he must be most Finnish people are very reserved you know and I was in Finland for two weeks Uh, Johannes' family is from there Um, so yeah we went to his cottage which was like two hours away from us and like Finland is basically grown on rocks that were sort of distributed through the land because of the ice age and so it's kind of this crazy like rock Sort of trees and nature, but it's, you'd feel like it's not really supposed to be there, but like people are there. And it's, it's really isolated. He's had that cabin for a while, but you know, he was there with his setup, which is a, his live setup and stuff. He had the typewriter there, which is the classic, you know, Panasonic typewriter. And um, that was really like, I was like, sh- you know, shocked to see it because I was yeah. like, this is crazy, you know? But, you know, he had other stuff that he would make. He made like this grill sort of like string cello thing with like the top of a grill and like this weave um piece this piece of wood from his mother his grandmother that was a weaver i don't know if that's the word but um and it had a string and he would just like pluck it and then he made his own like spring reverb and it was really cool and he was like he was super down to jam He was like yeah let's record something and you know and we'll see whatever i mean it was like we were there for maybe four hours and we recorded maybe like two tracks possibly. And I don't know if anything will ever happen with them. But just the fact that I got to make music with Oppo is incredible, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I mean, those Panasonic is heroes to mm-hmm. many of us.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I feel really, really lucky to, to have that. <laughs>
1: okay, cool. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of interesting things going on and a very bright future here. Um, Lots of releases coming out this year, as we mentioned earlier, just last week, which you can still buy your EP, The Magic Squared of Eight, on The Bunker. Um, We still have a little bit of time here before the top of the hour, so you're going to DJ a little bit for us here? Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into the DJ set. We're here with Lady Osk, and you're listening to The Bunker, New York, on Red Bull Radio.
0: I knew you were a danger right then. And now gleam on skin, eyes, lips, star.
1: radio Listening to the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and we've been in the mix with Lady Osk. Just got a few more minutes here until the top of the hour. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. This has been the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio.